0: Okay, there we go, man. We're rolling. Fantastic, Brendan. Thanks for being on, man.
1: Oh, of course, man. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you.
0: Yeah, I think I was like super attracted to your your page because uh, I saw you on Doctor Jen's. You were on Doctor Jen's podcast. Yeah. And then uh, I follow. I just took a look at your Instagram, and on one of your stories, shortly after I followed, you put something about how you'd never voted Republican in your life. Like yeah. you just went down the list, and but you were super honest with your thoughts and feelings and all the different things. Like you were putting out points that people would have pointed out and been like, Oh, that's a conservative all the way.
1: And then for sure.
0: And then you said that I was like, I like this guy. This guy is rad (laughs) right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's been a, it's been a wild year or so, man. And I've just, uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, I've been on Instagram for, I don't even know, I don't know, five, six, seven years or something. Right. And then maybe longer. And, Honestly, barely used it, hardly used it at all. And then something about being stuck at home, man. And I was like, how do I reach out to people? How do I help in this time? Especially once like the the country shut down. I was like, this is weird. This is, and I was in a new, I just moved across the country. I didn't know anybody. So I was like, how do I reach out to folks? And then what's the most helpful thing to do? And I would say in almost every situation, the most helpful thing always is tell the truth right? As constantly and as often as possible. Even if it's painful truth, joyful truth, even if you're just saying things that you find truthfully funny, you know, just all of that can be super helpful. And uh, so, yeah, I've just tried to kind of do that nonstop. And it's been very interesting to see who doesn't like to hear that at all, doesn't want to hear your truth, my truth, doesn't want to hear any truth, or it certainly doesn't want to hear anything capital T truth. But then a lot of people are like psyched. I think it's, it's very comforting as a, as a community to see people who are like, here I thought it was this, but also I'm this, and and I always want to share too, like when I change my mind about stuff on social media. I think that everyone thinks that's a that's a that's some sort of myth that anyone ever changes their mind. You're not going to change anyone's mind, and I was like, dude. I've spent way too much time online researching things over the past year and a half, two years, and I changed my mind three times, two to three times a week. You know, maybe not giant, you know, entire repentance, 180 degree shifts or anything, but like certainly subtle angles and like, oh, okay, I had this presupposition, chuck that one out. And so I was like, let's talk. And I, But I saw a lot of people online, at least anyway, this is like where most of my world is, most of my community, sadly. Um, a lot of people weren't doing that. A lot of people were just kind of getting, I think, maybe in fear or anxiety, they just became more and more entrenched. And I saw people I've known for years be like super bullying about all sorts of stuff that I was like, wait, this is like brand new narrative and you're being mean. So I was like, let's let's be honest, guys. Let's let's there's no trying to sum people up in these little packages and then abusing those packages. You're making, you're making straw men. You're like committing a logical fallacy about the whole world, you know? So yeah, I I just try to be uh, as honest as possible. And, uh, and man, I just started following politics really in the past two years. Why did I do that? What is wrong with me? This is, this seems like the worst time ever. Maybe, maybe maybe it's always this bad. And I'm just like, what, what happened to the world? (laughs) So I'm just, and I'm, I try, I'm trying to leap in and be a peacemaker, man. Be like, I get you, I get, I'm an actor, man. You know what I mean? So my whole job is observing people's behavior and trying to like ascertain like where people's perspectives are and what our textual analysis has been my like life's work. And so like trying to read stuff and get where people are coming from. It's like, I, I should be able to pretty much understand anyone. I, I can understand a genocidal maniac or a Karen down the street or literally somebody without a thought in their head, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's so something so freeing about what you said about uh, being able to say when you were like you've changed your mind on something, like you find different evidence. There's something so freeing about being honest with that and being, it's okay that you were wrong in this idea and to switch it up. And then you realize, oh, now I can really find out what the truth is. I can, I can just like, it's freeing. It's like, oh, okay, I can do that
1: anything I want isn't it? It is. It's a really nice liberation. I, so I was raised like half, uh, my mom was, uh, like a born again, Christian when I was in her womb. And, uh, so I grew up kind of mostly with my mom, but I spent a lot of time with my dad and my dad is, uh, an atheist. Uh, although if God exists, he totally hates him. He, he, he would shoot him in the face if he could. And so like, I kind of grew up in a where and both of my parents are like nonconformists, uh, not highly suggestible people. Um, question everything kind of people and that's what, how they raised me to be and so I constantly have questions certainly I mean from from both the Christian and the like sort of dark darkly comedic humanist side I've questioned myself constantly My, right? you know what I mean I've, I've reckoned with my own darkness and my own motives and I'm like and then because of that I have no problem like looking at, at other people and being like come on now we're all we all pretty do messed up stuff sometimes right and then what and then when did when did it ever become normal to not be like uh a yeah, I make mistakes. I mess up. I even make mistakes on purpose, so those aren't even mistakes. I literally have done mean things in my life. I've done wrong things in my life on purpose, so then i mean come on we we we've all we've all done those things. you know what I mean and so there's no it's very weird to me that this sort of thing of just like, oh no, I'm in the tribe that does nothing wrong i was like where did where did this come from this like i, I as far as i I knew that didn't even really exist outside of like fiction, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a very true statement like in in you following politics that seems like all it is now is like you're one side, you're the other, you're one side, you're the other. Like yeah. if you say one thing, you're automatically in this camp and I'm I've been accused of it many a time and I'm like, "Why are you saying that? I don't I that's yeah. not what I believe at all. Like, did you look yeah. at anything else that I've done or said?" No, but I saw this and I go, "Yeah," cuz I thought that that was correct. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's
1: why I did I, that. I, like I, that's, that's that yeah well it's yeah. very uh, it's very funny yeah that there's some sort of assumption i guess of like a equals b through q or whatever there's just an immediate like tumble down of only blanks you know think that or only blanks think that way and some of it you can be like oh they got that from the news or whatever and other times i'm like I don't even know where people get it from. They, I, they get it through the air or they hear it. Some sort of os- cultural osmosis when they're like, yeah, You've, they've heard two or three things about it. And they're like, oh, I, but I only heard that in the context of whatever Trumpers or MAGA people or whatever, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, very
1: It's weird.
0: The weird, the craziest thing, I guess we'll just, I'll just jump right into this thing is yeah. the mask situation with children in schools and all of that yeah. stuff and the the amazing just hatred that you can see online and from people yeah. like when you were saying you saw people doing things and saying things you're like, "Wow, I don't know where does that hatred come from? like I know you, you're not that person,
1: yeah, we yeah. see it
0: all the time, like we are friends with people, like we walk around, we see it, but then you'll see things online, you go, that's not you like what what is that? what comes out, and it's yeah. like it's not even science based or factual based or anything. And it just pops no. out and you go, wow, that's incredible. Like why, yeah. why the hatred, but yeah. this mass thing seems to bring it up big time in, in schools. And, uh, yeah. and that's really like, I wanted to hear and get your thoughts on all of that and how you came to start researching all this stuff that you did for, uh, for children's oh. schools and the mask and all that stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Well, um, Honestly, it uh, I so I moved across country. I've lived in Los Angeles for about twenty some odd years. It's the longest I've lived anywhere, and uh, moved across the country in February of twenty twenty to North Carolina. On the way across, uh, stopped at, uh, at Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. Which if you're ever in New Mexico, go to Meow Wolf. Fantastic! Can't even explain it. It's like it's like a museum. It's like a it's like a festival sort of immersive environment that they had time enough to build and leave it there it's amazing anyway enjoyed that the next somewhere that night that next morning had intense like respiratory symptoms of some sort coughing so bad I literally couldn't I was having trouble catching my breath so I traveled across almost the entire United States with a mask on my face in the car sleeping a ton missing most of this road trip I've been looking forward to for half a year um we, we get here. So at that point I'm like, I'm just like, all right, you just took a mask on your face. Never really thought much about it. I tested positive for influenza B who knows could have been other things. We'll never know. Um, just was coughing my face off and not breathing very well. Eventually everyone in the car got it. Uh, the kids were fine. Uh, my wife was kind of sick for like two days or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I'm wearing a mask across country, right? I have, I have no opinions about masks who, who does like who in the United States two years ago had any opinions about masks whatsoever. Uh, then all of a sudden they start floating this thing of like, oh, we we should start wearing masks. Maybe we should make people do it. That kind of became a little cultural conversation. What was that, March or April or something? Uh, we moved just in time, basically three weeks before every, the whole world shut down. And then uh, I was reading an NPR article, I think in April, maybe 2020, that just said, uh, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of uh, science on masking. Uh, in fact, there are No, uh, what was it? No conclusive RCTs, the gold standard of scientific proof on the subject. And I was like, I love NPR, by the way, total NPR nerd, listen to too many other podcasts. That's my jam. Uh, Music, news, all of it. And I was like, NPR, that sounds weird. That just sounds weird to me. That, like, masks have been around since uh, as far as I knew like plague doctors you know with the long beaks and stuff so I was like it's been around for hundreds of years certainly since 1918 flu right so nobody ever like did a whole test on this that seems weird so I just started uh, literally just googling and within 15 minutes I found three RCTs so I was like wait a second that's weird like why would NPR be wrong about that and then if they did, why wouldn't they mention this? And then that made me just, it made me feel very like paranoid. And I was like, well, let me just keep looking. And then I just kept looking and kept looking. And then I then they found, and then I kept seeing it. I saw it like two or three other times in other articles saying there's nothing out there. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is straight up weird that everyone's saying there aren't Wall Street uh, Journal, New York Times, uh, I can't remember one other place, and uh, NPR all saying that there were no studies on this. There are dozens and dozens and dozens over decades so it got, it made me a little made me a little paranoid, a little bit of a paranoid person. I was like, this seems really weird. Like, why would they be saying there aren't things that there are? Anyway, that led me down a long rabbit trail, ended up reading over the next year or so, read about 80, 90, almost a hundred studies at this point, just everything I could. Cause I was like, I just want to know all about this because I don't want to be one of these people who is like, yeah, but I I think it might not be true if I don't like have my ish together. Like if I haven't like, Let me make sure I'm going to try to find everything. And at some point I got so paranoid that I was like, okay, they have to be saying this for a reason. So let me just keep digging. And eventually I'm going to find the thing. And this is going to be why. And after 40 studies, I couldn't find it after 50, 60, 70, still couldn't find it. And eventually I was like, oh, this is, this is spurious, right? This isn't actually based on anything. This is some sort of weird narrative tribal sort of something going on I don't know maybe it's just paternalistic so honestly by the time the whole school thing came around I was a little bit locked and loaded of like okay whoa hold on a second we have very little very little information it's all low confidence science in terms of advising masking at all other than sticking in the n95 in your face for like a whole day I was like, then I was like, all oh, right, then if, you, if you said that, there's, that's, it's still a maybe, but it's a, it's a solid maybe. But anything else for the population doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of heft behind it. It's got actually more evidence to the contrary. So when they started doing it to kids, I was like, well, wait a second. Now we're being like, this goes beyond just being incautious. And I don't mind. And it came from having children, too. I don't mind harming myself or like doing something stupid. P.S. I love masks. I love wearing masks. I've I have, I didn't have to buy a single mask for this pandemic. I did just because I wanted to, because I because because <laughs> fashion is fun. I love wearing masks. Oh. I love them. I, I have literally 15, 16 of them. This is like, this is my jam. So I was elated at that. But with my kids, I was like, well, hold on a second. It's different if I'm gonna experience some like I'm gonna participate in some weird stuff with society. There's some segregation aspects here that I don't appreciate. But I was like, once you're gonna ask me to impose that on someone else, I was like, that's totally different. Like that's difference to me between like someone like pushing me at a party in a bar, someone punching me in the face. I can kinda take that. I actually don't mind. I've done enough fighting. I kinda like being punched in the face. That's fine. Maybe two or three punches and I'm gonna try to kill you. But you punch me in the face, that's like a bit of a problem. But if you punch my kids in the face, I'm gonna kill you you know what I mean? Like there's, it's zero to 60, even just actually, even a straight, you punch a stranger in the face. I'm, I'm, there's no, there's no second chances at that point. That's um maybe just partially because I'm a man and I believe men are called to a certain level of protection just by being the sort of larger gender in the species, as well as a host of other reasons. And so when it came to kids, I was like, okay, no, we need to be like triple quadruple serious on that. And the, and the lamentable thing is there's, it was done incautiously from the beginning with with adults, then deeply incautiously with children, because we have to assume the negative stuff that happened with with adults throughout mask wearing trials. Because i already read all the RCTs and there was adverse effects and a bunch of those. So with kids, we have to assume just based on their their lungs and capacity for breath, as well as some they have some in some ways stronger immune systems. But we also know from sending kids to school that first week of school, every kid comes home sick with something, right? So we also know it can harm them. So that, that just got me, I think, probably doubly inflamed than I was about adults, because I was like, nah, even more so, we're supposed to be protecting children. And now we're a year and a half in, and people are still being mean and crazy about it, when there's literally, there's one side that has like, a little bit of evidence, five, six, seven studies, a bit of real world evidence. And then on the other side, this is the side that says, uh, voluntary masking, wear a mask if you want to. And then on this side, there's mandatory, you have to wear it. And there's literally nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. No one can find anything. My my school uh, my school board couldn't provide anything. My principal my principal for my kids' school can't provide anything. New York magazine's David Zweig researched it for months. He couldn't find anything. There's literally there's like no there's no reason to believe that it's doing anything, but people are still animated like furious right and people legal cases and and protests and people are fighting people are scrapping outside schools you know what i mean parents are like shoving each other around about this this stuff and i was like and it's based on it's based on what i mean it's literally based on just literally what someone told me which yeah i mean my goodness gracious if we i mean i don't honestly i don't even care what they said even if someone said something true you're going to do it just because someone said it like oh who, what who are you you're are you I didn't do that when I was uh, a rebellious punk like eight-year-old like let alone as an adult you know what I mean unless someone's literally like shark swimming to the shore sure maybe I'll swim maybe I'll swim in <laughs> maybe, maybe 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 you'll hit it maybe, maybe maybe I, I won't wait I might, I might not wait in that circumstance but eight, <laughs> 18, 18 months of fleeing a shark I've never seen that's, that's on me
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's on on you. Yeah. It's very true. So I, and I, when I reached out to you, uh, I had got, I've never, I don't get fired up about anything. I stay out of the, the politics and you know, school systems and everything like, Hey, I'm responsible for when my kids come through the door and teaching them what, you know, I think is truthful and right. And you know, lessons in life. It's not the school's part. I think if you rely on that, you're going down a wrong path anyway. And so yeah. that's the way I always viewed it. But then yeah. I'm forced to watch this entire long school board meeting because I hear they've there's some sort of shenanigans going on here in Texas. They had the law and the mask are like, yes. you know, you can't make people wear masks or anything. But then there was 20, there were 20-something people – there was it wasn't on the agenda at all and these two board members of the school I guess coordinated with a bunch of people and they took 20 something people in there and they all stood up and talked about how we should go against the governor's order and just yeah. mask our kids and force them are we gonna do what's right and then a couple of them were doctors and a couple yeah. of those doctors do not live by anything they said up there I've never I've, I've seen them around and they don't wear mask they go right up to people they are yeah. and that infuriated me when I saw them start talking about it. I was like hold on a second I know you don't do the yeah. same thing that you are saying you want my kid to do yeah. and that it seems totally wrong to me and that's when I got all fired up and I got <laughs> I got like angry I'm going <laughs> wait a second I'm for everybody having the choice to do all of these things if they feel like they need to protect them themselves yeah. But if I don't see the evidence and I don't want to mask my kids, why do I have to like for and no evidence base at all in anything like you just said? It was just basically stand up there, recite the cases of of uh, infection, and then yeah. say if we mask them, it will s- stop this. And you go like, how? And then yeah. there's no nobody's providing an answer, and so. Uh, I asked you for, you know, if you had any studies and then you just bombarded me with all of these studies and I, and I'm like reading them all and I'm going like, this is so amazing. Like you had those at the drop of a hat.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's, and it's so funny too, because I, um, for the longest time I was sharing these things, uh, for for a long time and some of my friends just told me to stop talking about masks early on. I'd only read like five six studies and I was like, guys, this is really weird you would I would never think this but check this out and people were like, don't talk about it which I thought was super weird. and there's this sort of sense and maybe this plays into to what happened at the your meeting but there's a sense of like immediate narrative that people I think maybe in terms of fear I'm trying to be empathic about it in terms of fear and anxiety they just grabbed onto authoritative declarations of blank. Kind of a little bit of a mommy, daddy, save me thing to be a little bit condescending, but it's a little true. And so anyone who said an authoritative something of this is what's going to stop the pandemic. This is what's going to keep you safe. People are like, okay, mommy, daddy. And they grabbed it and they stuck it on their face. Then they kind of didn't want to hear anyone saying anything bad about their mommy and daddy or they didn't want you to, it was kind of like, and my kid has done this and kind of got in a little bit of trouble about it, uh, like talking to other kids about how Santa Claus isn't real. And people get a little get a little swirly, and I was like, "Kids talk about everything." I mean, you know what I mean, the, and the same kid who says Santa Claus isn't real, be like, "There's a monster who lives under my bed. You know, he looks like a crocodile." You know what I mean? I mean, they're kids. They're going to talk about whatever they want. They're going to fight about whatever they want. If they're if they're arguing about things verbally and st- sticking to that, I mean, that's great for kids. Like you know, logic bases. Um, but people, yeah, very very early on, just kind of got this thing of like, this is just what will save us, and honestly got really irritated if anyone even brought up that you should kind of ask questions or kind of go okay well how how do how do you know that that it seemed insulting basically that it's like well i believed my mommy and daddy and if you don't believe me about what i said my mommy and daddy thing then i don't like you and you're a stupid face (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty much what's occurred you know And for anyone who's just like, again, I am, I'm conservative in some ways, I am uh, liberal in other ways. And in many ways, I'm probably like most bent towards like, I'm a Christian, but I'm like a Christian classic liberal, and that I don't feel like the government is really supposed to be regulating quite a number of things that they, you know, that other people might want them to. So I kind of do want people to at least like legally uh, be able to live how they want to live that's like a classic liberal position so I want people to even if they have crazy superstitions if someone's really afla- afraid of vampires every October and they send the kid to school with garlic cloves around their neck cool all right whatever I mean I mean I think that's crazy it's it isn't in, it's in a different realm altogether. if they're like and then they brought garlic cloves for all the children and all the children have to wear them and I was like, that's a really strange imposition. To me, that's that's an equal, I think would be equally inappropriate if I were to be like, well, since masks don't work and we know cloth masks have some association in a random control trial, the gold standard of scientific proof with being conductive of infection, and we do have some anecdotal evidence that masking in schools leads to more infections, this, it's actually more reasonable for me to suggest kids should not mask. You should not be allowed to mask your children. But I'm not in favor of that, personally. I'm like, hey, if you want to wear one, if it makes you feel copacetic, I don't want you lying to your kids, but my kids are going to tell the truth. Your kids are going to tell the truth, both as they as they understand it. They're kids, but I was like, I'm not. I, I don't think anyone should be imposing. And since we already have the data that voluntary masking and mandatory masking, there's no difference or slightly increase of infection harm, then I'm just like, let's go with that. That's the beautiful compromise. No one's ripping any masks any off kids' faces. No one's sticking any masks on kids' faces. We're letting kind of kids be kids and letting parents ultimately govern what this is an issue of, this is the sort of ideology. You're sh- we as parents are shaping the, the ideological constructs or presuppositions of our children, right? I mean, ultimately school can teach them a bunch of facts and teach them how to think and how to interact. But like you said, like we as parents are responsible for like, for the, the foundation, for the genuine foundation of like right and wrong, real, not real, you know? And then you, we guide our children in that way. And then we slowly start letting them go and figuring out for themselves. But like, that's, that's a parent's job. And I, honestly, not a, a, just a job. I don't mean it in a bad way. I like working, but like, it's a, it's a joyful, it's a joyful obligation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it also, I
0: think what one thing that it does when they see their parents acting the way they're doing about this thing, is it just like you were taught to question everything on the same way is to look at everything yeah. and question it. I have a little bit of a punk rock thing in me. Like, I don't know yeah. that that's, that that's true. Like, let me, let me test that yeah. out, you know, or, and when I find yeah. out something's wrong, I think it happens when you find out something you've been told or believed in so long. Like I did some, saw something and I was like, oh, that's not right. I go, well, what else is out there that's not right? So yeah. then yeah. you, then I start questioning everything that I see like well is that true is does it make sense is it, is it passing the the BS meter that I'm seeing in my head too yes. and yes but the kids are losing are going to lose that ability because they're just going to follow with adamant guidelines black and white this is the way we are this is what we have to believe because mom and dad said you know but they don't ever say because mom and dad said when they get older they just yeah. say this is the way it is and you go like where'd you hear that
1: yeah and then I I mean, guess to me, since uh, again, like I said, I grew, I, I grew up like in a Christian household dominantly, I've had arguments about the fundamental truths of existence with my, uh, certainly my dad throughout my whole life. Other kids all the time think what my family believes is weird. And even what I've believed is weird. And I mean, that's attacking when people are like, that's malarkey god doesn't exist i mean that's attacking something so much more fundamental than than anything we wear or anything in government that we listen to but you know what i've i've never responded actually i don't even know anybody who's ever responded as adamantly as angrily as spittle flying from the mouth as this masking thing we're talking about like fundamental truths. so in some ways maybe i'm advantaged in some in that like i grew up that way kind of thinking differently than the world I was surrounded by. So then you're like, all right, well, I'm used to questioning everything and people are constantly questioning me. So then I'm constantly having to go, yeah, why do I think that? I better not just think that just can my mom and dad do. I gotta, I better have a good answer, you know? And I like arguing too my whole life pretty much. So, uh, so, so in that way, I've always been like, all right, I gotta get my sources straight. You know what I mean? And I have to refine my argument too, in case I'm, in case I'm wrong. Like you said, like when you find those moments, you're like a little bit, it stings a little bit. Cause you're like, oh, you feel kind of like a dumbass. But then you're also like, Okay, well, we're all dumbasses sometimes, and this is going to happen to me many times in my life. I'm going to be wrong about things. Like for a long time, for me, it was about I was wrong wrong about girls or whatever. Oh, I thought she hated me. Oh, she actually liked me. On oh, the one I thought liked me. Oh, she actually thinks I'm disgusting. She likes my friend or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we, we have, and these are, I just bring those up because those are very powerful emotional moments Yes, for, the, they are. for a young man's life. And they, <laughs> they, they shape you. You're like, oh, I gotta be careful. And I think I'm a little, I, I changed schools a lot when I was growing up. Uh, I went to 11, changed schools 11 times before I graduated high school. Um, And in some ways that was really helpful. So I can be a little bit flexible and think like a bunch of different people and that sort of thing It was helpful as an actor, but it also, in some ways, I feel like I miss some social, I miss social cues, not having grown up, like been socialized by a similar group for a long amount of time. So I need to talk things out. I need things to be explained to me. I need, I need to like reckon things with words. Those are very important for me. Me trying to guess as to like, oh, maybe they think that because of this and that. And I'm just like, let's just talk about it that's way safer to me and and I'm not going to make any mistakes or like your whole, you were talking about BS meter or whatever. I was like, I don't have that great of one. I married someone who does. So that's like super helpful. Um, (laughs) So it's like, she she gets the like, she's like, I get, I'm getting crazy vibes. And I was like, really? I had no idea. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah." No, they've, they've been on coke for like three hours at this party. Did you not know? I was like, I just thought they were chatty, you know, they're like, no, no, that's like a, that's a, he's, he's on a dark path, man. I was like, Oh, all right um so it's it's been weird in that way too trying to like kind of yeah figure figure out the not only the vibes as well as like let's talk it out and a lot of people don't even want to talk they don't want to talk about it they don't want to address it they don't want anything and that makes i mean that riles me up a little bit but also it worries me because i feel like this is our fundamental way to communicate especially when we were stuck at home for like months and months where we weren't supposed to be around each other it's like all right well Let's use our words. Let's use our typing fingers. Let's let's speak this out, man. Let's let's talk. Let's talk to each other and not just be like, "Here's what I think." Okay, well, I think this. Well, that means you're this. Well, what happened? We didn't get three sentences in, you know? Yeah. If we lose if we lose that capacity, then that's dangerous. Not just now. That's dangerous. Like forever. Like that is that's that's dangerous, and not just for us, but for our children. You know what I mean? Like we don't want a world where like kids can't just be like, "I don't agree with that." People are like, "What? Away with you." you know what i mean to to, to the to the gulag you know what i mean what what no like we need we need we all need to reckon with this and all be kind of wrong and kind of right and whatever figure it out
0: yeah you said earlier like children need to like it's good for children to disagree Uh, yeah totally like understanding conflict at such a like a young age is super important and how to deal yeah. with conflict in a real life situation instead of freezing yeah. or, you know, because when you're trying to sort something out in a boardroom at work or you're doing something and I'm sure like as an actor, you have the same thing where you have people that want to go one way with a scene and do something and somebody else wants to go another way. How do you yeah. resolve that conflict in a peaceful manner and come up with the right answer? You got to have yeah. both people working together, but against each other, like that's the way yeah. it has to be. And, and so like losing that is, Really dangerous, like you said. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like it at all, and that's why I didn't like this whole situation. But yeah. I do want to know because eleven. What did you say? Eleven schools.
1: Yeah. How did yeah, well, like, well ch- change school eleven times? There was one point where I actually like returned to a couple schools because we left an area and came back to an area. But yeah, change change schools eleven times.
0: What happened? So, so this is an interesting thing, like thought from me because you you do talk like you're very articulate. You're good at explaining things, um, and your Instagram lives like you. Do, you'll sit there and talk, and I'll watch them. I'm like, I never watch Instagram lives that much, and I go, <laughs> yeah. "Man, like, I don't even know what he's talking about right now. He's interesting. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're very good at it. So I wonder if the those 11 schools and making different friends, having to make friends yeah. so quickly, because yeah. when you get older, that's got to be tougher, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's certainly tougher. Well, I've you know, and this is also one of the things like, as a kid, and maybe this might be different for boys or girls. So I don't know if, if this speaks to everybody, but it certainly was my experience, especially growing up. Like, lived a lot of the time, uh, we moved around a lot in uh, New England, um, and uh, it's a pugnacious culture in general up there, um, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Uh, live free or die. Um, so, and I was I'm older now too, so punching each other in the face was not like that big of a deal like you didn't really get in that much trouble for it so I made a ton of my friends in every new school I, I mean I was a new kid always so I was constantly having getting in fistfights like everything's like a prison in throughout grade school certainly up to about seventh or eighth grade and people kind of like socialize because girls don't like dudes who like are constantly punching each other in the face so that kind of helps you know <laughs> sexual sexual selection helps um yeah. but then but like grow like you just you and it's I've made so many friends by punching kids in the face. Kids would pick on me. I was like I knew I knew the game. I was like, "Yo, yeah, no, no, no. First, it's just like like those prison movies. Like first day, you find the biggest toughest kid in the yard and you you hurt him." And I was like, "So you would punch kids in the face and then those would be my best friends for the entire time I lived there." So conflict and so like was never anything that I was really even taught to be afraid of or averse to now I got kicked out of two of those schools so at some point some people had some problems with my my conflict uh, ready uh disposition but in terms of like making friends and stuff like and this is the same for romantic relationships as well like no you know how to fight if you fight early and often like obviously not to try to hurt each other but if you can figure out how to do what you're talking about like how to render that conflict in a way that can kind of get disruptive but it's still productive ultimately I mean those are the best friendships in your life that's like family you know what i mean i mean it's, that's how i scrap with my family uh, that's why i scrap with my friends That's so i scrap with my wife i've never i've never attacked my wife physically but we certainly have had quite a few verbal arguments but our ability to do so really is what renders like a very true mutually accountable friendship right because you've kind of been through it and you know you'll survive it and you're like all right it gives you a sense of mutual respect and understanding for one another and you're like all right let's team up
0: yeah let's see that's exactly like let's team up on it but i mean it also helps to have somebody like i don't i don't i wouldn't know what it would be like like me and my wife are the where we don't necessarily get in these like fights like but if i disagree with something i say it and i don't have any sort of feelings of like i'm hurting her feelings or i'm going against her but I figure she really wants to know what's going on in my head, what I think, yeah. and if it's truthful of what we need to do in this situation. And yeah. and the same for her. She's uber honest with everything. If if she's thinking it, it comes out of her mouth. And then yeah. we resolve a lot of issues about like the and and past that we need to go down as adults and lead our kids and everything else yeah. through this sort of management of our of you know the conflict management which between me and her and everything else i couldn't agree with you more
1: yeah it's it's huge it's huge to just have that and that honestly like knee-jerk fast response honesty is even more helpful than and it can be harder i find it harder with children we probably get more fights now that we have kids just because you those moments of being honest quickly or sometimes aren't always the best moments because you're constantly like kind of taking care of other people and you're like oh let me hold on to this and then you kind of leave it alone you're like yeah let's just let's just go to bed or whatever and things can build up and then things can bottle up and explode but if you can but I, I just I don't know who this is one of the things about this time I don't know who grew up in a place where they where it was productive to not have like reasonable and honest exchanges of of concept of idea of uh here's nerding out of even and even a difference of opinion you know what i mean where people were at some point maybe maybe there's a cultural thing i missed uh in the places i did live where people were taught that like you're kind of not supposed to fight that's not how we do things you know what i mean you just kind of you know what's right you do what's right you don't really you don't kick up a fuss about that you know what if you got to swallow your pride sometimes to walk away and then maybe that's i i don't know I'm trying to somehow rationally put myself in a brain of like why people would be averse to open sharing of information you know what i mean why people would be prone to this and again i've been over psychoanalyzing it uh lately but again it's kind of, that's kind That's 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 the actor side right i mean i know it's cliche and i'm not particularly a method actor but like Uh, like, what's your motivation? Like, why are you doing this? Like, I want to truly understand people. I want to, I want to understand the like schizophrenic homeless dude who sounds somewhere between like a Deadwood Shakespeare riff and just like a profane monster. I want to know what's going on in his mind. I want to, I want to know every, you know what I mean? Everyone from the most least understandable mind to the most like easily elucidated mind. I I really want to kind of figure this out. And of course I have the false hope. I think that if I figure it out, that's going to give me the tool. And then I'll know exactly how to help unlock people from their sort of tightness, you know, but I don't, (laughs) but I don't, but I don't know how they got there. What's their backstory? Like who, who, what, what makes people like that?
0: Have you always had this sort of thinking in your mind? Like, did you know, you like, have you always been drawn to the actor stuff, like the acting stuff, but the
1: figuring out, like looking through other people's eyes? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, my mom was a theater actress like before I was born. So I don't know if I sort of just inherited a little bit of that. And my dad uh, switched from being like an environmental artist, kind of like an Andy Goldsworthy ish stuff where he would do like Mylar rivers in the middle of the forest and take pictures of it. Or at one point he did like a, almost like a plaster cast of a city street and then made a rubber like thing out of it and brought it into an art gallery. So there was like a full city street with manhole covers that Whoa. you could kind of like, so he's like he like did a lot of that stuff. And then he transitioned into filmmaking when I was like four or five years old. So I've been acting pretty much my whole whole life in some form or another, you know? So um, yeah, I've wanted to do this, this, that since I was uh, four years old. Um, and then I think moving a lot too puts you in that position where you're constantly, you come into a new spot and you're kind of like, again, to make it a prison metaphor, you're in the yard and you're literally like, all right, what are all the groups? You know what I mean? I mean, I didn't go to a lot of school with like those sort of like, 80s 90s whatever like teen movie lunchroom scenes but it's kind of like that where you come in and you're kind of like trying to survey the landscape figure out how you fit in figure out like what's not not what's the vibe but like what are the behaviors and and then once you have the behaviors you're like oh that reminds me of my other friend and oh I can kind of see that you know you just kind of make those associations to kind of figure out people in that way And then acting is very much the same thing, right? You kind of like read it on the page, then you start looking around the world, you kind of see, well, who's like that? You might even just see someone in the street. And then for me, it's always like you move like that person, and then you start learning who they are by moving like them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and so and so, so in some ways, I'm just like, I wish if maybe if I could just get everyone improv training, then they would just be able to really figure this stuff out instead of be fighting in front of a courthouse or in front of a school's yes. like elementary school. We just need to learn how to like flow with each other and figure it out and just you be like me for a while and I'll be like you, which is one of the great things about online, even arguing, which I get into. But I was like, you get to like try on, you get to hear everyone's input and kind of try on their ideas for a while. You know what I mean? And take everything that they're saying, kind of fit it on you and you're like nope that doesn't fit you know you get to and i, I think that's really kind of wonderful it's like a super helpful thing for, for particular people types obviously some people are just like i don't have the time to argue with you and i don't like arguing at all you know? <laughs> so so just do what i say you know
0: <laughs> so just do yeah. what i say i'm right yeah. you're wrong yeah, I, on this but, <laughs> you're then, wrong. but <laughs> then if you say no i don't think so and just leave it they yeah. come back because you can, oh, yeah. we cannot leave it at at, yeah. no, you're not right. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. going on forever. Yes.
1: No, I know. And then they're going to drop the let's agree to disagree, which I never agree to. I, 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 no, I stopped agreeing to that 10 years ago. Let's agree to disagree. So wait, so you're going to dictate the terms of surrender here is what you're doing. I was like, that That doesn't make any sense. Like what What war has ever been adjudicated? Then that basically just means you won the war. So you're dictating the entire terms of surrender. We're going to agree. We're going. To, you say we're going to agree to disagree. No, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense.
0: You would be a terrible person to d- disagree with online, <laughs> just from the amount of information that you can start spewing out <laughs> in the way that you articulate. Like, I'm never winning this argument ever.
1: Yeah, well, and and it's in some cases to my detriment, where like, uh, and again, this is something one of the fights I had today with my wife, uh, where she was talking about like, you know, that like at some point it you get into the mode, I get into the mode and I get a little wolfish about it and I kind of enjoy it. I get a little mean face and a little smiley and I'm like, oh, okay, let's do this then. And I get excited, kind of amps me up uh, where I'll try to win an argument uh, and I don't even know, not that I don't know that I'm right, but it's like, I'm not, I'm so intense. on trying to like just dis- dis- kind of rearrange and destroy the argument. That sometimes I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm just way better than, what if I'm better than at arguing than this person and I have more evidence so then I can feel safe in it at least, but what if I'm wrong? And I feel like it's sometimes I forget that, but I feel like that's a pretty healthy thing for my brain. And I actually, I'm going to throw that out to the whole world as life advice. Always ask yourself that. Could I be wrong? (laughs) Right. That's, that's, that's helpful all the time. Right. Not I just, think that's what just, we were, I think that's what we were yeah. talking
0: about like when the people yeah. were standing up there talking about the mask and they want to put it on your children like yeah. what if they just thought for a second through some other thing like what if I'm wrong like I yeah. I I'll say this like I got into somebody posed a question to me about mask a long time ago and uh I had just got on Twitter cuz I was trying to promote the podcast and I'm like Twitter yeah. is a crazy dumpster fire of entertainment that is it's going a 1000 miles an hour all the time it's wild but yeah. I, I realized by making a comment I'm laughing and they are like these people can't tell that I'm laughing on the other side of a keyboard but um, um it it was a professor that had actually done like worked with like trying to put studies together on masks and things because yeah. my my whole question was about it and it started this whole crazy thing of people calling me names and killing grandma was yeah how do you know everybody's not already wearing the mask yeah. Like how do you gauge? I want to know if you if how do you get the tangible numbers that you're saying that the mask are the reason? How do you get those numbers? Where do they come from? And yeah. how do you know that the people in our town are not already like all wearing masks or the majority? Like how do you know? And the guy who's like he goes, well, we don't really. We're using models and guesses from a certain year of this and just like a you know some polls. And I go, yeah. It's impossible. Like I knew the answer to my question. It was, it's impossible to be able to gauge whether an entire city or town is wearing masks.
1: Yeah. To figure out that. I mean, it's honestly, it's possible to do uh, not with the whole city, but it's like with mass amounts of people and it's super expensive. It is so like these big, the huge RCTs. There was just a, there's a preprint one that came out of Bangladesh and they, it's like, I mean, it's like tens of thousands of people, right? All these villages. And they literally had people, you had to like hire people to go in. There was self-reporting stuff, which is a lot of it. And then you're like, okay, so here you go. what you got? You kind of constantly ask, but monitors actually went into the uh, into the village and we kind of go to meetings or even mosques or whatever. And then like, kind of literally kind of do a tally. I was like, that's the kind of intensity. And you're like, are there mask monitors wandering throughout Kansas to, to really observe this while you do your Kansas based study? And they're like, Wah. and once you start to realize, I mean, to me, this is the thing I just kind of learned about science was like, but it all it plays in with logic that it was like, those kind of modeling studies are like low on the hierarchy of scientific evidence. And they're low as you think about it logically, right? For a reason, you're like, Oh, well, cause it's just like, that's a whole bunch of guesses that's a lot of guesswork and you literally can type the thing into a computer. And you're like, well, it says it worked. You're like, Oh, cool. But in your equation, your model, like, what did you put in anything to do with like mask efficacy? And they're like, yeah, yeah. We put like 20 to 20 to 50%. And you're like, okay, where's that number come from? They're like, well, (laughs) uh, well, we did some studies in a laboratory where we had people breathe, uh, into a thing, and then, a, you know, then we got a readout. We sort of measured the particles that came out. And so we just used it based on the the sort of particulate matter from a, from a study. So it was like, oh, so, so with a study with a human, you're saying the masks are effective, but what you're programming the masks modeling to do is to reduce infections 20 to 50% is what your model does. But you don't know that. You just know it's 20 to 50% of reduction of material, right? Of Sort of filtration efficacy. So I was like wait a second so that's a guess and then another guess and a guess built on a guess from a guess that you made and I was like okay well that that's barely that's barely even scientific at all that you know even just from a reasonable perspective like I don't need to have a degree to be like okay that doesn't make a lot of sense that you're telling me that's very reliable information and in fact like you're saying it's like okay well so you know it's not even real too right this is just your this is your guess you haven't actually even taken the guess into the real world and tested the guess. You know what I mean? Test the hypothesis. So it's science 101 stuff. So it's why it's, yeah. But, but all of that to say, that's a very legitimate question. This is a very normal thing to chase down. Um, But trying to chase down very legitimate questions uh, on Twitter is next to impossible. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally, (laughs) that's, that's literally that's like wandering into I don't know I imagine like like Sturgis right <laughs> Sturgis it's it's four a.m. You literally wander into a camp of this sort of like camp with like fires and a lot of drunk biker dudes and you wander in talking about your your little Miata moped. Say it's a sweeter hog than theirs, you know what I mean? Like to them, that's what it sounds like. And then uh, someone's gonna try to kick your ass constantly (laughs) on Twitter, it's it's maniacal. I think it's wonderful, because you can literally go to like, here's the professor of epidemiology from University San Diego. You can literally just go to that guy on Twitter and be like, I don't understand this. Did they use this, this, and this? Send. I mean, how cool is that? What is awesome? Yeah, I mean, people used to have to like get on. You think about whatever enough hundreds of years ago, people would have to like get on a ship and like travel four months across the ocean to go ask someone in Oxford a question, right? And now we literally can be like, literally taking a poop and being like beep, 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 send. let's hope he answers me meanwhile three people are like what do you know about a jackass you know what I mean or whatever people are ready. <laughs> yeah. people yeah. are just there to like kick your ass in the professor's virtual office or whatever while, he's, so while he's
0: teaching and then he comes back to just like a, <laughs> yes, a 27, stream I'm saying <laughs>
1: yeah I actually got one there was like an epidemiologist lady I, I actually got to respond to me I'd asked her a bunch of questions a bunch of times some of them were challenges because I was like hold on a second I've read enough about that that I don't understand what you were basing this on I want to know no, but I'm also challenging you. And she would never respond. Finally, like I had asked her a question and then this person had been angry at me on another thread, followed me to this thread and just immediately started, just immediately insulting, immediately throwing ad hominems. And because that guy was such a jerk, um, she like DM'd me and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, the guy was so mean. I was like, that was a legit question. I actually got my question answered. So in some ways, if you can get, be- if you can get beat up enough in front of the right person, you can actually, you can kind of catch their attention, you know? It's kind of like, a, again, it's like in one of those, uh, I keep comparing to romantic situations, but like, it's like in one of those movies when the bully beats you up and then the girl you really like comes over and she's like w- helping like p- put a stake on your eye. And you're like, hey, this worked out okay for me. I just had to take a few lumps. Yeah, that's usually the way we have to do everything. Like you, have, about, to take
0: yeah, a, yeah. you have to take your lumps yes. before you get some success in life.
1: Before, yes, before you get anywhere. So just may as well get used to it now. Just stock up on stakes, man. <laughs> just stock up on stakes. But, uh,
0: um, the, like, excuse me, um, the, that asking those questions, like about the, about the mask and where all that, like, like the, you know, trying to find out and make sense of an issue that doesn't make sense. And you've, you've started to like, I guess that's what made it so interesting to see you like, where, where do you think, or why do you think that? school boards, like, have such adamant, like, where do they make their decision? How do they come up with them? And then
1: why is this the catch-all? Yeah, it's a weird thing. So I have actually been in, like, email Congress, and then we did a Zoom meeting or whatever uh, with my local sort of school board representative for the elementary school my children go to. Um, So I was able to ask her some questions, and I went to the school board meeting when they kind of voted on it. Uh, my best understanding is, well, a almost nobody uh, was prepared for a pandemic. Uh, <laughs> CDC, FDA, White House, no, flipping nobody, dude. Not, not that I don't even know if they were sleep the wheel. They're like, well, we had a preparation thing in plan, but it was canceled in the previous administration. So you know, whatever. There's all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know if that plan was that great either. Uh, and I've read plans by uh, ACLU. Uh, the 2006, I think they started really sort of um, academics. We're talking about lockdowns. Lockdowns were a terrible idea. We did those anyway. The Great Barrington Declaration, it was like 40,000 scientists were like, let's not do lockdowns. They went and did them anyway. You know what I mean? So, so, so like n- nobody's paying any attention. No one was ready for this. And I think s- school boards, just like everybody else, uh, freaked out. And I think maybe this might be just how they're used to solving things. They just like pay for some sort of consulting firm about anything that they don't know what they're doing, which in some ways is good, right? You can sort of outsource what you're not Good at now, if you you can't outsource your thinking, and I feel like that's where the, the major error uh, has come here. Um, so at least that's what happened where I am in North Carolina. There's a place called the ABC Science Collaborative, I think, or Collective, something like that. Um, who they basically was hired by the state to sort of be their COVID consultants. So whenever I asked people, I was like, "Well, what evidence? All anyone has ever been able to tell me? Well, we we got our, you know, we're getting our guidance from the ABC. They just passed the buck." Because that's how a lot of government bureaucracy works. They just have a bunch of uh, consultants and, and managers and, you know what I mean, 17 people to do, you know, four people's jobs kind of thing. So they pass it up, pass the buck pretty much. And they're like, they're just going to tell us what to do. So then A, that takes flack off of us. If people don't like what we do, we just go, well, what that that's what they said. Also, they're called Science Collective. So that seems fancy. There's also a bunch of doctors there. So like, do we just did what the doctor said, which I've been realizing more and more is like people's like real... Thing, that they're like, well, consult with your doctor and then make your decision. You're like, you mean you just mean your doctor is going to tell you what to do because that's weird too. It's nice to get advice. Their doctors who are nerds, right of, of certain types and get advice to them um, and, and factor that into your own thinking. But there seems to be this thing of just like they told us what to do, that's what we're going to do. I, I, I'm the wrong person to tell that thing to. So I literally went to the ABC Science Collective uh, website and I was like, well, look, at, I clicked on the FAQ here's seven things they said on this one site that are fully A, not true. There's some things that don't even pass the logic test. Like this, they said this after this, and then they refuted this thing down here, that sort of thing. And I was like, I don't know why you're listening to them, first of all. Second of all, them telling you something real is not scientific evidence. I think honestly, we have a scientific literacy problem in school boards, but in general, that people think that like, and the newspapers presented this way too, that experts say. So if an expert says, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? There we go, we're done. And you're like, no, yeah. science, science very specifically puts that at the very bottom. That's the least relevant thing that you could make a decision on because they know they're science. Scientists came up with a scientific hierarchy. They're like, we know we're constantly wrong. That's literally science's whole gig to be wrong. Check it out, oh, you're wrong, check it out, you're wrong, check it out, you're wrong. Constantly changing presuppositions. I mean, science has swung this way and that on just about anything but some of the most fundamental aspects of observed reality, right? And that's the fun of it. I mean, how cool is that? You're constantly like, oh, 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 like the the joy of discovery. But the school system's not set up for it. I honestly don't think journalism traditionally is really set up to understand how to reference science because journalism is like based on like, get a quote from this person and this person. Then you synthesize those. And there you go, world. That's what we, it's talking to people. And we want to talk as we've talked about. But I think that's been the problem with school boards is they literally, they have no internal framework on like what they're supposed to do. So they just go, tell us what to do. And then that's it. That's it. And that's all. And in some degree, that's all they need, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then they just follow that. that. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know what, as you're talking to me about all these different things, what is so wonderful, like, you can say wonderful and the positive that's come out of something like this pandemic. And you is yeah. the, and if you want to turn, flip it on its head and say the positive of everybody being split and getting angry, is it people like yourself? And there's probably, there's more of you there. You know, I do the same thing, but you're, we're, I've, I've, I have i i do not think that I've got more educated than in the last two years on my own will of like trying to figure out what is correct. So, like we've spent more time looking at our health and what actually benefits us and like studying these things like look at all the things and knowledge that you have and the way you explain the school board right there like could you
1: have done that five years ago no i would have no framework to even begin no this is yeah no this two years this last two years has been like a cram session you know and people are like oh you're doing your own research and i was like Dude, I'm unemployed, first of all, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I have an autoimmune uh, disease, so I'm on the toilet, like anywhere from 12 to 14 times a day. Not super fun. But one of the great oh. things is, that's plenty of time to do research, y'all. So I was like, I've put in work, and we've all put in work, and since I had an autoimmune disease, I did the same thing you're talking about early on. I was like, I probably had two or three days where I was a little nervous about COVID, maybe in like March maybe somewhere mid March or it's like four days. I was like, Oh gosh, this, I don't know. It's a little scary. And then I don't know, you got to live life. So you can't live in that and you can't really process your brain doesn't work that great if you're in this state of fear. So um, it's really good for running, for running or fighting. And that's pretty much it. So fight or flight. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I'm, I want to live my life. You know what I mean? I want to I use my brain. It's fun. Uh, but then, after that i was just like yeah let me figure out how to get my immune system as strong as i can then i mean the problem is my immune system is sort of too strong and it attacks my body but i was like let me at least get balance, right and so i was like let's yeah let's figure out how to get healthy and we have all this time to like cram and it's one of the great things about fighting too online one of the good things about having a fighting i sh- shouldn't use fighting because that reveals my own how i'm looking at it and how much i enjoy it but uh <laughs> like ar- ar- arguing online like especially when i get out of my depth by accident because you know how twitter is you might say something and you're like oh i don't know it seems more like this and then people are like oh yeah well here's this 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 and they'll send six studies at you and you're like oh dang i was wrong and i was like okay but am i wrong so like some of my i've had some i've had like six or seven hour like internet arguments before but they're cramps it's like cramming before an exam because then once you get caught up you're like all right well i better go prove myself right or i better Admit I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Or be like, "Oh, all right, you're right. Thank you for educating me." And then you get to walk away. But you like, I always, I'm gonna go find out first. So you cram, 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 figure that out. You go check this out, cram that out. And that way, it's been, I think, super helpful for the people who like to do that, who actually want to figure things out. I think honestly, and I get sometimes, I get a little depressed about this. I do think maybe even the majority of people don't want to do that. They actually don't want to, it's gonna stress them out. It's gonna make them more anxious. It's gonna make them feel like they have more to do. Kind of the more they know, the more like like scary and existential it is. And if they stumble upon upon anything that makes them feel more unsteady, like we were talking about, you find out, oh, you're wrong, that puts some people in like an existential tailspin. And they're already like, I'm already scared. Everyone around me is scared. I don't understand what's going on. And then now I don't even know what I know and who I am anymore. You know what I mean? Then it's like. You're freaking popping antidepressants and doing mezcal shots, and it's all over. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the weird thing about it is, is like
0: people hear. I'm sure people hear about Texas and they just go, like, man, it's the Wild West. Like they're just doing whatever they want there, and it's open, yeah. and then people just walk in. I, like I even hear when people start talking about this is a seriousness, and then if you walk outside your door and you live your life on a daily basis, you would never know anything was wrong. Like yeah. you would never know that they were we were in a pandemic. You wouldn't know any of these things were happening. Like you wouldn't know people are fighting. You wouldn't. And that's yeah. where that's where I've kind of based all my stuff. I was like, I, I have to bring myself to reality sometimes. And go when I step outside my door and I go do life, like actual life, and I work. Everybody's just normal. Nobody's yeah. nobody. Like it's amazing how if you just stop trying to force fix something that. Yes. It, it's just hey, in like you said, you, we have to live our lives. Like we can't you yeah. can exist or you can live. And there there's two options there. And yeah. and I don't want to exist. I want to live cuz you know, I'm already 40 yeah. years old. I'm like, okay, I need to still live while I have chances to live and do yeah, things.
1: I'm, I'm halfway done, I think. So, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm getting close. I better I better I better zoom, I better zoom in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's that is one thing about about it that's like you really start to like understand and appreciate, Oh, life r- really isn't as bad as what I thought it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That can, listen, I can, I'm glad to hear that as well. Cause I can get lost. I, I, I literally, I spend too much time online. I try to do as much helpful stuff on there as I can, but like, Again, I am I am unemployed and I'm on the toilet a lot. So, and every time I'm like, all right, well, let me find some more stuff and share it with people and like do what I can to analyze it. And I was like, whatever skills I have to like that are that are like uh, I don't know that are useful for this time, right? Yeah, I'm pretty good at critical thinking, uh, for better or worse. I'm kind of a critical person. Pretty good, at, like textual analysis from my from a lifetime. Pretty pretty decent understanding people um, and I've got a fast enough mind to be able to like read and process information and pull out some key stuff and let people know and so I'm just like all right as many ways as as I can help and to me it's so funny I've gotten a little self-involved I think in that way and that I'm like well as long as I keep living as impeccably as I possibly can as forthright as I possibly can then that to me is almost my place of balance um, because out. Here it's not. I'm in North Carolina, and it's not not as copacetic out in the world. I definitely like. I, I get now. It's partially me. I'm definitely ready and willing to into like verbally scrap about whatever needs to be scrapped about. Um, but it's since it's been a pretty lockdown place. We're not kind of like. I have friends in LA who are like people yell at people outside there. Like if you're <laughs> walking your dog, walking your you're walking your dog and you don't have a mask on, they're like, oh yeah, people do that all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, on my street, people would be walking their dog. People would be like, mask! So I was like, I don't live there anymore, so that's cool. It's not happening to that level here. But I certainly have been, uh, you know, asked to leave, uh, you know, a a furniture place because the type of mask I was wearing, uh, I wear, I rock a luchadoria mask a lot of time. Um, You know, (laughs) I've I've, 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 had trouble (laughs) trouble getting into, like, you know, I'm not a person, I've never throwing any bows or whatever, but I, uh, but you know, there's, there's literally like conflicts out in the world uh, to be had here as well. So it's funny. It's, it's this right now, it's kind of, I feel like calm down a little bit where people are a little bit more like lapsed into like a libertarian thing where it's kind of like, do this. If you want to don't do this, if you don't want to a little bit, uh, which is nice. Cause then it just feels like, okay, but there's still, there's a heavy tension in the air here. So, but it's nice to hear. I mean, this is kind of, some people look at Texas and Florida both and are like, oh, this, like, let's, we can't let our country turn into that. And then there's like, as far as I know, there's a ton of people who are like, oh, I wish I lived in Texas or Florida. Seems like you can just like live there and thrive <laughs> there. So, so you telling me that like you can walk out and just kind of be normal, you don't have to run into like tense and weird people is like, oh, I mean, it sounds, it sounds delightful. It sounds delightful to me. Well,
0: here's the truth about Florida. I've been yeah. on vacation there twice since yeah. all this I've stuff lived there, and, and all the reckoning. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: I expected to see nobody wearing masks, parties <laughs> up and down the street, like people going crazy. No, there's actually people more people wearing masks in Florida than they wear in Texas. I promise. Like yeah. that's yeah. what I saw over there was totally different and but they're all free to do whatever they want, how they want to do it and nobody is button into people's fit. It's again. It's yeah. totally normal life other than like, okay, that person has a mask on and I don't. And you can walk in here and we can be friends. Like, hey, Mr. Mask Man, like we're friends. Yeah. That's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, we are friends. Okay, see you later. You know, yeah. and, and you move about your day. So the misconception also about Florida is that it's just this like wild, like yeah. unruly thing. Like, no, they're actually like a lot of people uh, like wearing the mask and doing the things you want them to do there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny too. Cause of course it's constantly gets like lambasted. You're like, look, they don't do anything. And that's why. And I was like, well, I was in Tampa. They had a mask mandate wherever I went. Like in the Whole Foods, they were like, they had a mask at the door because I wasn't wearing one. And I was like, oh, oh, I thought Florida was, no, it isn't. Uh, all right. All right. Whatever. Uh, so I was like, they're I was like, no, there are a lot of places they're doing the dang things and it's still not working. Maybe it's because there's, uh it's like the fourth, third or fourth oldest state. You know what I mean? Things hit harder on old people. You know, seasonality is a huge thing. Like, again, let's stop looking for reasons about how things are going bad for other people because they're not like you. You know, let's go ahead and set that. Let's set that down. Wait, where in Texas are you at? I live in College Station. Where is that? Where is that? What's it's, it? It's it close to? It's kind of like,
0: it's, a it's, like right in between Austin and Houston. It's like an, oh, okay. an hour and yep. p- pretty much an hour and 30 minutes away from both the places.
1: Okay. I think that helps too. Being out of a, like a full on, like, like fat city center.
0: Oh yeah. 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 No, that definitely helps. Yeah. It's a, it's a big town, but also at the same time, it's like a small town as well. Yeah. So it's, I if mean, that have, helps out a lot.
1: Yeah. If people have good, man, I'm telling you, like it's, if people got a little elbow room, I think everyone's a little more relaxed. I feel like people in tight, in tight cordish with one another all of a sudden you start being like you better act right you better you know what I mean you like it gets a little it gets a little <laughs> squirrely with people when you're we're around because again I thought Austin was going to be like I was like oh my gosh what a classically like liberal town so I was like they're gonna let people like let their freak flag freak flag fly right keep Austin weird I was like they're gonna let weirdos do whatever they want and then I was like from everything that people I know in Austin I was like oh no they are locked down people are in their houses like people are masked up i got i got my first blocked i got blocked on the instagram for the first time by a business in austin i followed for years because i used to go there kind of every summer for a uh, music festival the austin city limits music festival i worked for years and years and um and then i was like oh austin isn't weird i was like oh no and i had that same framework like in my head where i was like oh i had to let go of my my libertarian assumptions of uh, of what was happening. And I know Austin is like a classic classically, I mean, it's funny they're like the liberal bastion in some ways, right, of the state to some degree. But I guess yeah. it's more maybe they're more even more democratic now than they are liberal, which I think are honestly, I think conservatives are the new liberals in terms of just ideology. And cl- a, a lot of people say the classic liberal. And I was like, I don't know I don't know when it got classic on it. I don't feel that old, man.
0: When you said that, you actually said that on one post and I was like, man, that is that's actually kind of true if you if you have to look at it and really like i guess i don't know if you want to call them libertarians or whatever yeah, they're more yeah. of the liberal yeah. type of thing like i mean being liberal you're wanting more freedom for people to express themselves and do certain yeah. things not put boxes around people and then yeah you know so the the liberals or the people who claim to be liberals and when you said that i went i went down that thing like yeah, that's right. The people who are claiming to be liberals and want freedom for all these people and all these things are putting people in boxes and they're telling you you have yeah. to stay inside this box or you're a bad person. And yeah. then, you know, even the the uh, you know, the Republican people on this side, there's some of those people that are like doing the same thing, and they're putting people in boxes and you go like, yeah. "What how is this?" And then you have people that in the conservative party that have branched away and want more freedom for everybody. And you go, yeah. When did it make a
1: big circle of just like, huh? I know. I was like, and I know people always talk about like I, I, I'm not again I'm not super into politics. My dad uh, was a um, like a political consultant in uh, for like make commercials basically for uh Dukakis's campaign when he ran for president and for oh, wow. jo- John Kerry when he ran for senator a bunch of anyway he did that him and his wife and his one partner they made commercials for politicians uh so my first job actually i think when i came to la i was working for him and i was transcribing like uh, Al Gore's um sort of like pre-recorded speech at the Democratic National Convention so I've been around like adjacent to politics stuff my whole life So in that punk rock, next generation style, no interest, don't (laughs) care, lame, no way, (laughs) boring, (laughs) you know? Um, And so really just to come to it now, you know, I've heard throughout my life of how like, oh, they're, you know, of course, for years, the Democrats were pretty much like the worst party. They were the party of segregation. They were the party, you know what I mean? They were like, they were the worst people. And then and the Republicans were the ones for years and trying to free slaves and trying to like, like uh, work against Jim Crow and blah, blah, blah. And somewhere in the 60s and 70s, something flip-flopped. You know, is, is the is the narrative. And then now, so either it all has now kind of flip-flopped again, where there's a new ideology being embraced by the Democratic Party to where, yeah, you have to like, you have to think this way and you have to do these things. And if you don't do these things, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. You're not being an American or whatever. I don't know, whatever the, the language would be. Um, so either it's flip-flopping again, or I don't know enough about it. I was like, what if the flip never happened? Like, what if in some ways... Like I was just focusing for years on the things about Democrats that I liked, that that were more like uh, conscient. I think there's there's more like uh, overt conscientiousness. Uh, towards people, especially anybody uh, who's struggling, suffering—that's I, I, something I've always just liked about the Democratic Party. I'm, I'm a registered independent. I, I've never voted for a winning president in my life. I'm, I'm that kind of person. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, never picked, never picked a single winner. One of these days, one of these days. Um, but no, I've always liked that about about the Democrats. But I was like, well, but maybe maybe they were as ideologically insular. As I always sort of accused the re- Republicans of being, because I paid li- very little attention to it, honestly. So a lot of it was, I was absorbing from my super Democratic dad, or like news media stuff, which can kind of tends to slant one direction anyway. So again, I and and again, I'm, I'm a newbie to politics stuff. So all I know is that everybody's a liar. <laughs> yes, you've already figured it out. That's I, I can't I can't remember if
0: it's you that posted it. Somebody posted it where it it was a, a thing saying like there like there is no politics like take take the word politics out and just look at the human being in the idea
1: yeah that was and not me but that's I'm, I'm down for
0: that yeah yeah me that that's exactly what i would want because now you're not trying to sell me anything i want to know your ideas and your thoughts and yeah. and I, I i want to know if that human being has got like really good action behind it and because yeah. you hear democrat you hear liberal and you're like oh, you're automatically going to be on this team funded by these people, X, Y, and Z. And, yeah. and then you're like, but what does it really mean? Like like you're saying, did it never even change? Like it may have never changed. It may I, just I be I a different narrative.
1: Yeah, I just have, I literally, and and again, I'm, I'm happy to embrace and stay in that position as long as I can. On almost, on most things, I don't know. I just I just really don't know. <laughs> I, I, and, and that's been helpful to me too because I can tend towards to, in, in the past, less so in my the last like 10 years of my life, but like uh, being a know-it-all at different times in my life, especially like probably as like a punk, like like late high school, like early college kid. Um, but this past two years has been a great lesson plan of like looking out and seeing what it's like to see a bunch of know-it-alls who literally, when you start pushing them, know nothing at all. Then I'm like, oh, dang, I don't, I don't, how how odious is that? It gets, kind of grosses me out and I don't want to be that. You know, I don't want to fall back into that. I want to stay in the world of, I don't know, as often as possible right i mean that was like socrates right the wisest man in greece because he he was the man who said that he admitted that he knew nothing you're like okay i can stay i can stay socrates genius i can i can stay like that (laughs) if if the whole gig is like i don't know all right it's hard hard. yeah it's, it's it's hard to stay there with for me but like it's a it's a healthy it's a healthy thing seeing how ugly it can be to not be that way
0: yeah yeah. Man, Brendan, this has been so much fun, dude. I can't like, yeah. the, uh, it's, it's really exciting to get to talk to you and to have you on the podcast and to share your thoughts and stuff. Like I, I've had a blast, man.
1: Yeah. It's fun, man. Isn't it fun? Just got to bouncing and stuff around. Just see talking to people. It's so helpful. Yes. Yes. Anytime yeah. you want to talk, man, you
0: can just hit me up and I, I'll you like, you can ring me up on FaceTime, whatever it's Thanks, good man. if you. you need adults to talk to it's good i've got lots of windshield time and it works good with me
1: so oh fantastic man yeah thank, um thank you, i Larry. guess
0: let everybody know where they can find like well i've got your your instagram thing is that's the best place to follow you the fireball mac McNamara.
1: yeah just leave me alone on twitter man all i'm doing is getting in trouble over there i don't i don't need, <laughs> you, I don't need you to see that man i don't need you to see that at all yeah, yeah. Just uh, you can find me on Instagram for now. Or to, to promote myself as an actor, if you have Amazon Prime, well, first of all, shame on you for filling Jeff Bezos' pockets with even more money he doesn't need. Um, I'm also a subscriber, so I'm accusing myself at the same time, just so you know. Uh, but uh, uh, on Amazon Prime, I'm on a show called uh, Ladder Milk. So watch me on Ladder Milk, and then check me out on okay. Instagram.
0: I love Will Sasso. Obviously, he's yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, what's the guy's? So. I'm terrible with the names, um, but the, yeah, yeah, the guy who plays the main character, Milk, in there,
1: yeah, uh, Ron Livingston.
0: Hilarious, yeah, yeah Ron they, Livingston. He's, that's right, yeah. yeah he's uh, solid. Like that show, I like. I watched. I watched some of the newer seasons, and yeah. I was like, "This show is absolute I didn't know that I would like it as much as I did. It's absolutely yeah. hilarious. Yeah, with it's the, really funny. The writing it's and everything. Sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got what,
0: a heart. It's got a heart too. Yeah. What uh. I guess, what episodes are you in? Because I guess I definitely have to go back and find these episodes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just in uh, – I'm in season one. I kind of pop in in, like, uh, episode five, and then I'm kind of the B story to, like, uh, episode nine, ten. So, so I'm basically in the second half of that first season. I pop back up in the third season. They brought me back in. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, the kind of main B story of that first, that first season. The first and third – the first and third season. Okay, I got to go yeah, check I'm, it out because – I'm in there. I'm in there,
0: man. That's so awesome that, like – one I mean and you got to work with those guys which is crazy that cast is wild
1: oh it's awesome dude it's the Farrelly brothers man which I mean at least to me uh like Kingpin is is one of my probably like top 10 favorite comedies of all time and so like getting to work with them was like pretty pretty nerdy fantastic awesome and they're not afraid of broad comedy which I enjoy getting I enjoy broadening out getting a little getting a little ridiculous so (laughs) it it was it was super fun
0: yeah, that's awesome, man. Well I'm definitely gonna be paying attention to the other stuff you're in in the future. Hopefully you will we will be employed very soon.
1: I would like to, man. Yeah, please. Please tell the whole world.
0: <laughs> we'll do it, man. Brendan, thanks a lot for being on, man.
1: Thank you, brother. Have a good night. Thank you so
0: much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Brendan for being on. Go support his work. Watch Louder Milk and Also, don't forget to like, rate, review this podcast on iTunes and on YouTube. And until the next episode, see ya.